Welcome to the new segment of the Unyielded, Thriving No Matter What podcast, Rise and Thrive. I'm your host, Bobby Kaler. I wanted to create a super short segment that would be fuel for you so that you can make the absolute most out of this week that you've been given. Let's dive in to today's episode. Back in episode 99, I mentioned that there's a strategy that I use in coaching others, and I use it for myself as well, that makes change easier. And I want to explore that today. We all know that change can be hard, right? You've probably experienced it for yourself. I know that I have. So why can it be hard? There can be a lot of reasons. It can feel like we're giving up something that we like. We might be letting go of the familiar and the comfortable. The change might feel challenging. Maybe we don't know if we really want to make the change. Maybe we don't know if it's really worth it to make the change. Maybe we're not fully bought in, right? And the list goes on and on. So when I'm coaching someone and they are hesitant to change, for whatever reason, I don't ask them to change. And yes, you did hear me right. I do not ask them to change. Instead, I ask them to test it. Now, it it might sound too simple, but it works. I've seen it hundreds or if not thousands of times. So I know that it works. Here's why. I'm not asking, asking them to give up anything or to let go of the familiar or the comfortable. I'm not telling them, them that it is worth their time or that they have to do it. I'm simply asking, are you willing to try this out and see what sort of results you get? I've been doing this for almost two decades and I have yet to have someone say no to that request. If you want to try this out for yourself, here are a few things to keep in mind. Number one, it has to be a real test. I was once working with a leader who wanted to improve his communication skills. One thing that he struggled with was that he was very direct to the point of being curt with his team. He worried that if he, you know, in his words, backed off with his approach, his team wouldn't perform as well as they had been. After exploring what backing off might look like, I asked him if he'd be willing to test it. When he said yes, we worked out the following. He was going to try the new approach consistently for one week with his team. He would also do a quick evaluation at the end of each day. What did he try? How did it go? And at the end of the week, he was going to look at some of the key metrics for his team and see how they measured up to prior weeks. And I'm going to come back to this example in a minute. But the important thing was that he couldn't just try it out, you know, his new communication style. He couldn't try it out, you know, just one time with one person and declare that it was a loser or a winner for that matter. He had to consistently try it for a set period of time, which brings me to the second step. Look at the results. How did it go? If we're conducting a test or an experiment, we need to step back and evaluate it. In the above examples, the metrics didn't just hold steady. They improved at which point he was convinced that it was not a fluke. So then we landed on a two-week test and, and the results kept improving. Now, I think that the important thing for him was that he wasn't being forced to give up on his style, which frankly did get him pretty good results. He was allowed to try it out and test whether it would, whether it would work for him. And what he learned is that he could be even more effective After about six weeks in, he told me that he could not imagine ever going back to his old way. 
And finally, number three, when you are pushing through a fear, you have to try it at least three times, at least. I learned this through cross-country skiing. In my case, as I've shared before, I used to be really terrified of going down the hills. I don't mind skiing up them, but I used to be terrified of skiing skiing down them. I'll never forget skiing down one run. Uh, it's called roller coaster, and this, you know, skiing down it for the first time. I stood at the top and I looked over the edge, and I instantly started trembling. I, I started to push off, and, and I had to fight the tears off. I mean, I was trembling, I was shaking, I was, you know, almost crying. I could barely breathe, but but I kept going, and I skied down. And I made it to the bottom and Rick was waiting there for me. And he said, wasn't that fun? <laughs> I said, I don't know. I'm, I'm just truly too scared to even tell. And frankly, I think I was, you know, surprised to be alive at this point, but I skied back up and, and I skied down it a second time. I was still fearful, but I once, ama- once again, made it safely down. This began to normalize it. I skied back up it and came down it a third time. And that's when it happened. I realized it was actually fun. So much fun, in fact, that I skied right back up and came down at a fourth time. So here's the important thing about this. And I I can't remember, it was a a cross-country ski instructor who told me this. But the first time down, that is to simply face the fear. And here's something really important. It doesn't matter if you fall or not. You're facing your fear. So the first time down, simply to face the fear. The second time down is to normalize the activity and to prove it's not a fluke. The third time down is when we can begin to assess whether or not we enjoy it. And sometimes it takes more than the three times, but it takes time. You can't, you can't evaluate it on the first time down. Next time that you're trying to make a change and you can feel some resistance to it, remove the pressure and the resistance by instead shifting to this framework and asking yourself, how can I test this out? That wraps up today's episode. I hope that it was helpful. I just want to say thank you for listening and for tuning in. And also thank you for sharing these episodes with your friends, your family, and your colleagues. No matter what happens this week, make sure that you rise and thrive.